Did I tell you guys about my Harry Rosen adventure? No. No. But do. I was working in the Bay. I was being my usual charming self. And just like, you know, trying to talk to customers, basically. And one of the one of our customers has come in and it's like, hey, so uh, do you have a card or anything? And so I'm looking through. I'm like, uh, no, we have cards for the other guy that usually works here. But like, he's very good. I'm just like, you know, thinking he wants a card for the Strelson expert. And he's like, no, no, like, here's what I'll do. Give you my card. If you ever feel like switching, just let me know. And it's like, he's the general manager of Harry Rosen. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Nice. You're moving up the ladder. Basically, like, not even a one-minute conversation. He's like, hey, how's it going? Oh, I'm good. How are you? Oh, having a blast, because that's what I always say. It's like, having a blast? I was like, oh, all these sales? Making people look good? More could you ask for? <laughs> <laughs> he's He just smiles, and he looks at me. He's like, are you sure you work for the Bay? Like, <laughs> like, it's not the first time I've heard that one. <laughs> And that's when he asked for my or asked for my card. Right. It, nice. It's too bad you didn't have the future chat one. That is well, too bad. No, like I <laughs> I had cards for myself. I just didn't think he wanted my card. I thought he oh. wanted like a Strelson card. Right. Makes sense. <clears throat> but uh yeah, I went to Harry Rosen and I felt profoundly underdressed for the experience. <laughs> yeah. So did you interview? No, not yet. This was um, not yesterday, the day before. Nice. And I've been working every day since. Okay. Yeah. Not too That's bad. Yeah. I went in for for one of my breaks just to see what they had. And like you ever like touch a suit just to feel what the fabric quality is like and then look at the price tag and immediately like, oh, I'm sorry I touched you. <laughs> <laughs> i've never had that i just i don't care that that happened but to me how much was it because i feel like if it was ten thousand dollars i might be worried but other than that uh it was like two okay yeah that i don't think it was very expensive yeah there are a couple things that just did not appear to have price tags because if you have, <laughs> if to, you ask, have to ask <laughs> yeah if you have to ask you can't afford it so <laughs> this yeah, this might be the most action-packed show we have ever had. I don't. I think it's been probably several months, if not longer, since we've had this much to talk about in one show. And so we'll see how it goes. Uh, did Mike just abandon the show, or is is he I'm ducking right down? I'm, I'm out of out of view. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a pretty good prank, though. Like, and we're live. Gone. And where did everyone go? <laughs> Let's all abandon the show. Oh man. Uh we yeah, even the follow-up section is just jam-packed here. Uh Mike, why don't you lead us off with your uh your story about Android Auto? Yeah, well I was surprised to see after so many stories of both Android Auto and CarPlay trying to enter the market and automakers trying to come up with their own versions of the dashboard interface uh systems. That I guess Chevrolet now is offering an Android Auto update for their existing two 2016 vehicles that have their own version of the dashboard interface. So it's it's 
there's a ve- there's a lot of disarray I think in the market right now when it comes to the automotive dashboard interface because mm-hmm. they're trying to distinguish themselves and have give people reason to go with one model or make I guess make over another but they're also saying oh but you can do Android Auto if you want and then there's Ford who's trying to get everyone all the automakers on the same page with a third standard aside from Android Auto and CarPlay so I. I have no idea what's going on here, but I guess it's good that they're offering choice. But it's <laughs> it's it's an opt in thing, so they'll they'll stay with this you know factory Chevrolet interface unless uh, an owner wants to upgrade. Okay, it sounds like cell phones. It sounds like cell phones of about ten years ago. Yeah, it does. Where they're just a billion different what OSs, mm-hmm. and they're all trying to distinguish themselves. And you're just like, please, just just stop, just. Let's all get on one train. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's more for the sake of the developers because from a user basis, like you don't really care. But when you're a developer and you're trying to decide what what type of system to design for, you're either not going to get any developers because there's just such a poor coordination or you're just going to have one version that's so heavily invested in while other ones, i.e. Microsoft and BlackBerry, don't get any attention. <laughs> Yeah. So that's that is what we found with the phone market and that's why Microsoft and BlackBerry for all intents and purposes haven't been investing in their mobile market. Right. Yeah, I I keep ser- seeing these ads for people advertising like CarPlay and Android Auto as the reason or a good reason to buy a car. <laughs> and it just seems it seems so weird to see yeah. that like you're you're advertising, you're advocating for something that requires like a five hundred to thousand dollar purchase to go along with your car, and like if it, if you're if you have an Android phone and you go buy a car that has CarPlay, it's not going to do anything for you. And like they don't advertise it in that way. They're advertising when they have an ad like that. They're advertising to iOS owners. If in the case of CarPlay, right. there's no like nobody with an Android phone is going to go, oh wow, I can use Siri, great. <laughs> But see, it, the crazy thing is that kind of advertising does work. Like when we were yeah. house shopping, there was a house that we went to that was like, new appliances, Nest thermostat. And I was like, wow, a <laughs> Nest thermostat. I'm like, wait, those are like $200. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so I'm like, but it's that, that psychology and it's like, I want that. Oh, yeah. wait, okay, back, focus. <laughs> wait, yeah. wait, I can buy those. Yeah. They have shops. <laughs> so... But yeah, this house is so though. expensive, but it comes with a nest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, oh man, cool. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's a good update that they're getting a choice to upgrade to Android Auto from the default. So hopefully, if if anything, that at least becomes an option. Even if the manufacturers don't start factory installing Android Auto, at least if it's an option. Yeah, it's it's funny to me when you don't start from the ground up with kind of integrating technology and, and wireless into your car, you end up with the difference between Tesla and Chevy in this case. Yeah. Where Tesla, like overnight, you're just going to wake up, get in your car, and it's going to have a new interface and, or a bunch of updates, or, or it'll have the ability to drive itself to you or drive itself on the highway. Whereas Chevrolet, all you have to do is bring it into the dealer and go through a 30-minute update process, and then you're on your way. Yeah. Well, there's even a thing at Mobile World Congress that you plug into the car's computer system that gives you Wi-Fi. Yeah. Like, but it's, yeah, it's an aftermarket edition that's not pre-installed. Right. Whereas, I don't know if 
Tesla does have Wi-Fi pre-installed, but I know some vehicles have. I don't think it has a mobile hotspot or anything, but some some vehicles do. I think. Yeah, you can set it up, but it's it's a separate contract that you have to pay every month to have. Right. Also, I think it's funny that we have reached a point in time where. I mean, when you started with phones, it's like, oh, yeah, this is your dashboard. It's kind of like a dashboard. You know, you're sitting here. You're just ready to use it. It's a dashboard. Mm-hmm. And now the dashboard is literally in a dashboard, like an actual <laughs> dashboard. <now. laughs> it's true. You guys, um, like there, there will be a generation of children who are just like, well, of course, they use them in car dashboards. That's why it's called a dashboard. Right. You're like, yeah. <laughs> what? You guys ever see the those? I think they might even be Chevrolet commercials. Um, where the girl in the most fake way po- sounding way possible goes, oh, that's the dream having Wi-Fi in your car. <laughs> and I don't think that's anyone's dream. <laughs> I don't remember the last time I've seen a commercial. That's I haven't seen I, that commercial. It's the longest. I short. wish I had your life, Nick. That's the thing with watching live sports. Remember, remember when we. Oh, yeah, I do see them in live sports, but I watch the Leafs, so I just haven't been watching lately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, yeah. Okay, car commercials in general are just terrible. Like, and, and it's this, it's that series of ads from, I, th- I think it's Chevrolet. I'm, I don't really care if I'm bad-mouthing Chevrolet and it's not them. Because they have that one where the girl like... Suck it, Chevy. You can deal with it. <laughs> she hopes for having... She like loves having the idea of having Wi-Fi in her car. Whereas the only thing you'd have in there is a, a cell phone that already has its own connection. But they have a commercial where they give one kid or a controller to play a video game in front of this giant TV. And there's a bunch of kids around him. And then they they go, oh, man, don't you wish you could play too? And the kid goes, yeah, I wish I could play and then they put them all in a van, like seven kids or something in, in the backseat of a van. And they give them all tablets to play on the connected system. And right. then they're like, see, with this car, it's way better than just because <laughs> now we can all play together. <laughs> it's like you don't need that car for that. <laughs> well, in fairness, there are a bunch of parents out there that have just gone I could mesmerize the kids with t- or with a, a video game while we're driving to grandma's. But that doesn't require the car. You can tether your phone. Or you can just play a game on your tablet. <laughs> <laughs> but assuming that it needs the connectivity, there's I other solutions. Yes, you, yes. you, you can just get a mobile hotspot mm. from your provider, yeah. your carrier. and yeah. Either way, no matter how you slice it, it's such a weird commercial. Yeah. Anyways, that was far too long on that topic to justify the rest of the show being the same length. <laughs> I thought we were uh, trying to go in depth on stories, Rob. What do you What do you want from us? Well, I know, and I know, but this this follow up is literally going to take an hour. I know, I know back. what I said that I wanted, but I don't want that. <laughs> give just give me what I want, but like not actually what I say that I want. Just just give me what I actually want, guys. Yes, exactly. Uh, Have so you ever in, considered in being a manager news, in retail? <laughs> <laughs> in in other car news um we learned this week that google's self-driving cars are not perfect in that <gasps> appa- apparently they do not understand that other drivers are bad drivers 
and no that's that's not what it is but i'll i'll let you finish but i'll tell the story the way i read it and not the way google's like press conference spokesperson tried to put it obviously there was going to be a first accident for a self-driving car that got publicity an at-fault one yeah and this is the best possible thing because it was like a two mile an hour side swiping where no like little damage was done nobody was remotely hurt like this is the lowest impact accident ever and it was caused by the car getting i guess confused to be the best word but it's ai so i'm anthropomorphizing but there was sandbags or something blocking a drain and so the car had to kind of go out of its lane a tiny like it had to shift lanes to get around this obstruction and there was a bus coming and again, this all happened at two miles an hour. So like the bus stops and lets the car, the self-driving car go around the obstruction and then everyone carries on or the bus at two miles an hour plows along and sideswipes the Google car. Like that's what happened. That's how I read this. And it just seems like, yes, technically the Google car is at fault because it kind of came into the other lane, but the bus driver probably could have stopped since this happened at two miles an hour. <laughs> So the bus wasn't going at two miles an hour. The smart, the self-driving car. It was. It was an accident at two miles an hour. That's how I read it. But the bus was probably going like thirty miles an hour, whatever the speed was at the time. Yes, it says that the self-driving car was going two miles an hour. Mm. The bus was not going two miles an hour. Why would the bus have been going? No. So this is how I read it. Okay. So the car is driving in its lane, encounters these sandbags. Any other normal driver would just kind of stay in its own lane, but kind of move around the sandbags. So the sandbags would be blocking the whole lane. They'd be mm-hmm. blocking like the first 18 inches off the curb or whatever, right? Yeah. But because the self-driving car is AI, it's like, oh, I have to change lanes because this lane isn't completely clear. So then it starts, like you said, putting its nose into the other lane to change lanes. It doesn't see the bus coming. It saw the bus as, coming. It, it doesn't recognize it as a danger. It, it did it, recognize it as a danger. You, you don't know that though. But you don't know that either. <laughs> I'm, but why else would it have just started going if it saw the bus? No, because what it said, what what the, the press release said was that it couldn't, like it, it saw the bus, but it assumed the bus was going to stop because it was like everything was moving slowly. I don't think that, yeah. Maybe uh, uh, that's just interpretation, but. So what I said, I think it was on Twitter immediately after I read that, it was like, this really sounds like if the bus had also been driven by an AI, there would have right. been no collision because. Sure. They're both yeah. moving like it wasn't moving. There's no way it could have been moving 30 miles an hour. Also, 30 miles an hour is really fast. Um, well, it's like 50 kilometers an hour. Like, yeah. So full. Right. Right. It, I that's I that's what I'm that, saying. Uh, I'd hesitate. I'd want to see the data before I thought that. Rob, I would assume in that what both street would cars just be driving at two miles an hour? No, I'm saying like it wasn't They were They weren't driving. It was. They, they were driving. They had a like, street. Sl- it's very slow traffic. That's what it sounds like to me. No. We'll have to see the data. You assume that this Google car is nefariously like, no, I trying to say take nefarious. out a bus. I'm saying there, there's parts in its in its algorithms that don't identify risk based on human identification of a risk. And like you said, I, I agree that if both were AI, the bus would have seen that car starting to edge into its lane and started slowing down. But it was still have hit it at 50 kilometers an hour. No, but not if it was given enough room. But that's the whole thing. We don't know how much room was like where the bus was when the car started edging and like there's so much that we don't know to like piece together this accident the whole yeah. yes as diligent yeah. as the buzzfeed article was <laughs> like it BuzzFeed was, it was a pretty short article 
I didn't even notice that you'd linked a BuzzFeed article. I'm, I'm okay, there's two BuzzFeeds. There's clickbait BuzzFeed and there's news BuzzFeed. And this is news BuzzFeed. I, I went to the link and I was like, really? BuzzFeed? That's what we're going with. That's, uh, <laughs> that's interesting. Seriously, I like look it up. There are two BuzzFeeds. There's the one that t- okay. like puts listicles and right. clickbait articles. And there's this, which is genuine okay. reporting. Anyway, point genuine is... Genuine four paragraph <laughs> reporting. Yes. Point is, we don't know enough about this just actually decide who's at fault and what happened but the the i think the whole takeaway from this is that the car needs new tweaks to its risk assessment two tweaks did it say two tweaks i think I didn't so say two tweaks needs I said a few new, tweaks new oh okay new yeah i don't yeah um i would be really hesitant to think that the algorithm would not anticipate a 50 mile, 50 kilometer an hour bus traveling in the lane next to it as a reason not to go into that lane. And I think that if that had been the case, it wouldn't have moved at all because that it would have gotten in many accidents if it was just like yeah. blindly changing lanes. Well, did the bus have the right of way? Yeah, they, that's yes, what they okay. said. They said, okay. of Glad course. We got that established. Then but, there, there you go. I'm not, I'm not, again, nobody is saying that the Google car isn't at fault, but we're saying. Mike accepts your apology. It's okay. (laughs) If a car, if a, if a car is traveling at highway speeds on a flat, dry road and there's Mm -hmm. another car behind it and car number one slams on its brakes for no reason because there's no traffic and the second car comes along, slams on its brakes also and like gently nudges it. Who's at fault? Car two. The back car behind. Car two. Because, because, the because back it's supposed car. to give itself enough space to stop that's, suddenly. That's what I'm warning. saying. But obviously, the first car caused the accident. That's not true. Absolutely, it's true. That's not if true. If the car hadn't slammed on its brakes, it would never have caused. That doesn't an matter. No, the I cars, get, be, cars behind them need to be able to stop within I, a reasonable distance. I understand what you're saying, but understand you understand what I'm saying, right? In that no, scenario, I don't. The first car, by braking hard on the highway for no reason, caused the accident. Even if it's not at fault for oh. doing it. Oh. If, if I just went around slamming my brakes, I'm the wrong person. But you're going to win all your cases and you're going to get a lot of money. I know that. <laughs> I could actually do that. I could People go out, do do that. <laughs> because I would flip the precedent because quickly juries would be like, no, this guy's an idiot. What is he doing? And they would start siding with the other people and be like, okay, yeah. I guess we have to consider We're, that maybe... We're, There's we're more getting off, here. off on a tangent here. You're not the hero that the legal system deserves. You're the <laughs> hero that we need right now. Yeah. Anyway, um, we can move on. Agreed, but also, come on, you guys. <laughs> I'm pretty I sure. I agree, more guys. I agree, but inflammatory statement. <laughs> we we need to follow. You up guys on are this. right. We're gonna move on. <laughs> But you're wrong. So next story. <laughs> hmm. Ooh, I like this. There, uh, when you click through, there's actual reporting here. Uh, oh, did it work for you? Because for me, it said that it was down. No, there's um, the first link in here in an accident report uh, yeah. is down. But later on okay. in the article, they say there's a monthly report. And that has it. Yeah. The bus was traveling at about 15 miles an hour. 15 miles an hour. There you go. So like 25 kilometers an hour, like school zone speed. 
Yeah, school zone speed. So like it probably could have stopped, right? Well, we don't. What distance did it have? How much warning did it have? We don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna anyway. keep. I'm gonna keep reading this, but yeah. Okay. Um, anyways, that uh, decide for yourself. Read the story, <clears throat> and let us know on Twitter if you think Mike is an idiot or if you think I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> or option three, you think they're yeah, both idiots. All of the above. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Twitter, for offering more than two options. That is not an option. Um, yeah. All right. There's no uh, there's no good segue here, Mike. Why don't you tell us what Slack is doing to make themselves way better than every other communications <laughs> platform out there? They're giving us voice and video chat, so they're yeah. that that's really good, I think, because right now, as a unwind media company, we use Slack, <laughs> and but we also use Hangouts on Air because mm-hmm. Slack doesn't have video chat. Maybe that's not why, but it doesn't help that there isn't really another option. Yeah. So I don't know. I think. I'm sure at some point we'll try out the the Slack video calling. I think I was reading that the multi-person video chat is paid. It is paid. So that probably isn't going to happen unless right. anyone wants to sponsor us and help us out with that. <laughs> so in theory, with that paid sponsorship uh, not necessarily being a thing that's going to happen, you we also have $100 in credit. So in theory, we could try it out for a month. Oh, but nice. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. So it's, yeah, they're making themselves more robust. And I agree with the tweet you sent out this past week, Rob, where in a world where you can pay two bucks a month for a hundred gigabytes of drive storage, but that doesn't cause you to justify spending eight bucks a month on Slack. So yeah, I have to agree with that. Yeah. I was kind of thinking along that same line, there has to be some kind of way where you can, if, if you're already using Slack with a team, that's paid like if you're paying once for slack and then you want to join or you're joining a second team or something the the cost for joining either team should have like you should the cost should be split up so if if i'm on five different slack teams and they're all paying i should be paying like whatever organization is paying for it should only have to pay one fifth the cost at least that would make it easier because then you could have as many teams as you wanted. Like I, I think Slack right now, they're they're trying to grow in the enterprise. Like they're coming out with an actual, a very expensive enterprise plan. Uh, like with really, really tight security, all kind of like really good integrations. And it's like 40 bucks a month or something per person. Like it's crazy. Mm-hmm. And I think that they want to develop that th- that side of things, like positioning themselves as a premium thing before going down the road of just trying to get everyone on board i don't think they necessarily want everyone on board at this point and so they're they're fine with people either using free or jumping up to eight dollars like thinking that most people probably aren't going to pay for that but they're okay with it because they want to court the higher higher end of things yeah but it makes me sad because it's really great and i would love to make use of that feature and some of the other like i'd love to integrate just all kinds of things, but I think you're limited to 15 integrations now with, uh, with free Slack teams. But, uh, yeah, we'll have to see how this shakes out. We actually, I I enabled voice calling on our team like a day or two ago. I'm excited to try. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that, that's all that's out so far. I think if you aren't a paid team, you can try voice calls right now, like multi-person, but video is not, not yet. It's coming. The thing that I'm most excited about in terms of using that as a Hangouts platform is that you can do the emoji reactions on a video call. So you could have it 
like if someone wants to quote unquote wants to talk, they could put up little mic emoji or something. Like I, I feel like that's a really good platform for a podcast where you're kind of trying to have live feedback between people. But uh, yeah, we'll have to see how it how it goes and whether we can try out at some point. Uh, so the next piece of follow up, I don't know if you guys watch this, but I'm a massive nerd, and so I was one of the thirty thousand ish people watching the SpaceX webcast on Thursday night. Uh, it was like a 40, 54 minute or so webcast. They launched their their heavy Falcon, Falcon Heavy, um, to get a communication satellite into geostationary orbit, which is, I think, I don't know if they've ever actually done that before with SpaceX. So this wasn't Falcon 9? Uh, it might have been Falcon 9, but it's like the new, It's I, I feel like it was the heavier one. Anyways, it looked like okay. it was, it was a bigger payload than I think they're used to because they're trying to get okay. it up to geostationary instead of just low Earth orbit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they were attempting the the barge landing again, uh, but this time they were very clear that it probably wasn't going to happen because specifically because they're trying to get to geostationary orbit, which means that they have to get going a lot faster in order to actually make that transfer. And so we were, I was watching intently, like I was so excited as I always am to watch these webcasts, and uh, took off every everything about the the launch was absolutely like pitch perfect literally and then uh at the second of landing they they put up the video feed everything was working and then you saw kind of a bright white light come down (laughs) and then it glitched and then it kind of like you saw it get brighter a bit and then glitched and then just cut out completely and uh apparently that's pretty common which I, i guess i get if you have wireless cameras and there's a rocket coming down like throwing everything like not only vibrating everything but also like literally pushing air all over the place out of the way vibrating the ship and all that and so it it makes sense that the video would cut out like that right as it's coming but it was still disappointing because again we didn't really know what what had happened for a while and uh so throughout the entire live event like there was still something like 15 minutes or 20 minutes after this had happened but we still it kind of everyone was making the joke on twitter that it was schrodinger's rocket because it was <laughs> until we knew it was both exploded and not exploded um but then about a half hour after the live thing ended where they were just like all right well we'll see you later we don't really know yet stay tuned uh it came out that it landed hard uh, once again which it makes sense again because it was going super fast and because it had to use a bunch more fuel so there's less fuel left for the the landing um, but it was very exciting to watch as usual. And I really like, again, that SpaceX is doing that, putting up, putting up rocket launches on YouTube live so that everyone can, can enjoy. But I'm really looking forward to the video of, of it landing hard again. I, I want to point out that the Schrodinger's rocket thing isn't exactly accurate, but I appreciate the joke. No, because it hadn't been observed. No, I'm not saying it was a fifty. It was exactly the same. There's no no, 50/50 but chance. The point, the the shortening thing is that it literally has no state until it's observed. This one, the state was already there. Just people didn't know. That's not if, the same thing. If you want to get technical, I do. Um, <laughs> the whole point of Schrodinger's cat was to point out how ridiculous quantum theory is, and right in macro space, yeah. yeah. And this so, is the most painful this <laughs> podcast has been since I found out about the James Reimer trade. <laughs> That was only last week, Nick. <laughs> it's a painful podcast. Nick, did you watch the webcast? No. <laughs> I assume other people will tell me. And, and every single time, I've been right. 
I've, I followed along on your live tweeting, Rob, but right. it didn't really help because I think you kind of stopped updating your live tweets. Well, I stopped updating when we didn't know what was happening. Right. So there's no conclusion. I, I, was, I retweeted I Elon hanging. Musk. So you're live tweeting a live event that everyone else had access to? Yeah, that's a very common yeah, thing. That's that how live common. tweeting works. <laughs> I don't think I understand the internet anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's all anyway. cats and people talking about SpaceX. <laughs> and GIFs now. Yes. Apparently. Yeah, yeah. Twitter. Gifts. I think the Twitter gift content has increased by easily a hundred percent the past. Easily, week. yeah, for easily. sure. Especially when they started uh, actually pointing out that you can do it in the Twitter app when you go to do it when right. you go to send a tweet. Yeah. Are the stats on Twitter still such that people spend the vast majority of their time tweeting and not reading? The the majority of people, I think, do that, but I yeah. think there's a lot of people that also just read it. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and don't ever send anything. But I know for me, I'm kind of halfway between both, but I think I read more than I send. Yeah. I mean, I definitely read more than I send, but I think like time-wise. Oh, okay. <clears throat> yeah. So it depends uh, on what I'm up to, but like yeah. on trade deadline day or a draft day, Twitter is just an invaluable resource. Mm-hmm. Sure. You just sit there hitting refresh constantly. <laughs> That's actually a good segue into one of our stories, but I don't think, I think you deleted it, didn't you? Which one? Oh no, it's number three. Never mind. Yeah, no, it's in there. Yeah. Wait, is it? Yeah, it's number three right now. Okay, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I did want to talk about news and how we consume news, but we'll, we'll get to that if we ever get through follow-up. <laughs> but, uh, so I'll, I'll conclude the SpaceX portion in that we still don't have video of the thing blowing up. But I'm hoping to get it soon. And then I'll share it with you, Nick. Don't worry. You don't have to oh, good. sit there watching live. Thank God. Um, but they have plenty more rocket launches. And the next one that's coming up, they're much more hopeful that it'll be another, like, it would take a freak thing, like the leg not locking, for it to actually not work. And so in theory, they're they're very close to having it land correctly on the barge for the first time. Nice. Now, Mike, who's a hypocrite this week? Well, Kanye West is <laughs> is is in the news as he normally is. Yes. But this time for a snafu on Twitter where he was raving about was it Sufjan Stevens? He was listening to a YouTube video of some Norwegian guy. Okay. But he, he he took a picture of his desktop, of his computer screen, and he had various tabs open in Safari and the main tab was this YouTube video and saying how he enjoyed the song. But the other tabs, as people so pointedly noticed, yeah. was various links such as Google searching for top sound editing software and then another tab with whatever the name of the software was. And then another tab saying Pirate Bay and then the name <laughs> of that software. So yeah. <laughs> you, you can kind of see the the train of thought there um let me just pull up what his uh the actual software was uh serum is a wavetable synthesizer software so he was looking up top synthesizer software on google and then yeah pirate bay serum <laughs> and so everyone's like lol kanye west is pirating software after telling people not to pirate his album <laughs> and then uh was it jay-z that run that owns the software or something i don't think so but i also have no idea 
Uh, no, Dead Mouse. Dead Mouse. Or Dead Mouse 5 if you're yeah. older than 25. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, is that 5. why? Is that why Dead Mouse and Kanye got into a Twitter scuffle? Yeah. Oh. So, so, so Dead Mouse 5 was like, Kanye, WTF, you can't afford serum. And then I don't think Kanye, as far as I know, Kanye hasn't responded to these, yeah. these criticisms, but people well, are kind he's of, also several billion dollars in debt. Yeah. Let's several not billion? forget that. 53 million. million. Right. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> I think I made the same mistake last week. <laughs> At least so, I'm consistent. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's one of those funny things. Like just, I, this is why I love Twitter because you can see this kind of thing happen. Yeah. If, without Twitter, you'd never see something like this, but yeah, it's true. It's thank God we have this method of keeping up with celebrity gossip. It's know, true. Right? The, the so. funniest thing about this story for me is at the very end of this article, uh, it reminds people that he was last week or last month. I mean, when his album came out, he was trying to file a lawsuit against the Pirate Bay for people pirating his album. And now, yeah, uh, yeah it turns out it's the best way to get some stuff for free. So. <laughs> <laughs> so. And yeah. people are actually trying to like defend him saying, oh, well, maybe he was just trying it out before buying it and all this kind of stuff. It's like, no, he's he's pirating. That's, yeah. that's all there is to it. If he was just trying it out before buying it, he would have his whatever professional or promo team he has would have immediately posted a follow up picture of him, like clicking through the cart and buying it and posted a picture of that. But they did not because he's just like, oh, no, I got caught. Yeah. Rob, if you've seen Kanye's tweets lately, I don't think he has a promo team. Not necessarily on his Twitter account, but he obviously does some promotion through. Right those kinds Whoever. of channels like pr but yeah not all the time yeah you're right yeah <laughs> um so we'll wrap up follow-up i just wanted to say to follow up on last week because i promised that i would and also it's great uh soylent 2.0 the bottles showed up at my house on monday and took them to work on tuesday wednesday and friday because i was going out for lunch on wednesday but uh they're they're quite delicious i'm gonna recommend them i'm thinking about probably going through because I, I i mentioned last week that i ordered the liquid and i also ordered the powder just in case the liquid turned out to be something that i did not like and in terms of convenience in terms of overall just goodness for for how i want to use it like taking it to lunch to work for lunch it's way easier and it tastes a little better. Like it's not a massive difference, but it, it is kind of vanilla-y. Um, friend of the show, Brian, I gave him a bottle, described it as unsweetened soy milk. And I thought that was kind of apt. It kind of has a vanilla type flavor, which, um, and and it's weird to me because I haven't had soy milk in a while, but when I did have it, it was pretty sweet and when i tried soylent it also tasted pretty sweet like it didn't taste unsweetened it just tasted normal Mm -hmm. so i'm concerned that well not concerned but i think my sort of sweetness detectors are on super high alert right now because i rarely eat just unrefined Mm -hmm. sugar or refined sugar right so but it was it was delicious and it's it's pretty cheap like 12 bottles for it was like 40 something canadian 45 or something um, just because the exchange rate, it's like $32 American, but right. yeah, our dollar is terrible. So is that a two scoop volume in that bottle then? Uh, it's 400 no. calories. 
a little less than two scoops, I think. I think two scoops okay. is 500, it's, right? It's yeah. four-fifths of two scoops. Yeah. Okay. 80% of two scoops. Yeah. So it's a little more expensive per serving, but it means you don't have to mix it up and you can just kind of grab it. And I, I found it, not only does it, like, is it very convenient to do? Like, I know, Nick, you mentioned last week that um, that kind of defeats the whole purpose of what he was trying to do with not having yeah. to ship a bunch of water around. But it does make it way more convenient. And I found that it holds its cold really. Like, if I leave it in the fridge, it was cold like six hours later when I went to go and drink it and it hadn't been in the fridge. Like, it was it was really cold still. So I, I appreciated mm. that. I don't know mm. if that was just something that happened or if if it was planned but is, yeah, it is the texture well. is the texture much different like it, yeah it's similar texture but it doesn't have the kind of chalky powdery thing like the graininess kind of and it doesn't also right. it also doesn't have the because it's i guess better mixed or or better ground or something yeah the you can't really you don't get the fibery kind right. of granular pieces at all like it's just completely oh. smooth the same texture mm. all the way through which cool. is good, but it still has the, the dietary fiber, just right. not in the, those bigger chunks. Hmm. Yeah, so I, I'm definitely recommending it. And again, I'm going to go through my seven remaining bags of the powder, but then I'm probably just going to go to liquid for now. See how that goes. Hmm. Are we all excited for 1.6? <laughs> yeah, yes. I'm excited to see what happens, to see what yeah. it is. But uh, I don't know I don't if... Know would it be 1.6? Because if they already have 2.0, I think the next powdered version would be like 2.5 or something. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Because the they're two separate product lines, right? Yeah. What they'll I, I probably the do, they're going by software stuff. So yeah. like the 11th or the 10th, uh, the 10th powder version will be 1.10. <laughs> Maybe this one would be 1.5.0 five i i understand what they tried to do by making the soylent liquid 2.0 <laughs> but that is not how software releases work it's well, just a branding I mean. thing yeah yeah so they can so do whatever like they want really soylent 2.0 1.0 yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's soylent they have soylent drink and soylent powder on their website yeah. so i imagine that what they're probably going to do is shift to soylent drink and then go through the versions eventually and have Soylent Powder 1.6 or Soylent Powder 1.7, whatever. Right. But we'll see. Uh, but yeah, go go check it out. Soylent.com if you're interested. And Brian and Damien are probably both also going to get in on that. So we'll, uh, I'll follow up once I'm, once I'm fully on that train in a couple months. That would so, be really handy for work now that I think about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's incredibly handy to not have to go through the mixing process, no matter how, like, it doesn't take that long, but it's just so much easier to grab it and go. Well, I mean, like, we have bottles here, but. Yeah. You got you to gotta clean out the threads, and that's just yeah. a pain. It's the worst part. Um, <laughs> yeah. This, this last piece of follow-up is not actually follow-up because I kind of glanced at it, but I don't actually want to talk about CRISPR anymore. <laughs> but there, I, it's more like hey if you're interested in CRISPR, this is also a cool thing you can read um it they've discovered they've done some research and we've been talking about CRISPR on and off for the last few months uh and it turns out that there are other organisms that also use this this sort of gene editing technique that CRISPR uses and they've been doing it for a really long like it's it's evolved that way and it's well, kind Rob. of the 
Sorry? Rob, I yeah. think you've just won this week's edition of This Isn't Actually News. <laughs> what makes you when say we, that? When we first talked about CRISPR, they said that CRISPR is based on st- things that a virus does. Well, I'm not saying this is like the first time this has ever been discovered. I'm saying go and read this because I think it's interesting. Okay. Okay. But you I think we addressed right. this. I think we addressed this when we first talked about CRISPR. That that might have been at the point where I was still like, I need to read more about this because I know very little. And so I okay. was like frantically trying to read around instead of listening. Okay, that might be it. But this I is a different, too. this is a thing that, like this story itself is relatively new and I think involves like further research into it. But I could also be wrong. So read it and if you want to know more about CRISPR and kind of that viral or viral side of things. I'd recommend reading this one. Cool. And so that's it uh, for follow-up this week. Nick, why don't you save us with your clickbait first story here? Ooh, which is my clickbait first story? Oh, free TV for life. Yeah. (laughs) Or as it's written in the show notes, free TV for life? (laughs) Yeah. uh, Loaded Android box promises TV shows and movies with no monthly bill. It's basically, it's actually a Canadian company, I think. He's in eastern Canada somewhere. Okay. But he just builds these little, like, Android running boxes. And all they do is access the various streams that are available for TV shows and movies. Hmm. But since it's a legal, quote-unquote, gray area, we'll say, because I think we got into a kerfuffle about gray areas a week or two ago. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, downloading is illegal, downloading the file, but streaming the file isn't considered illegal. So for as long as that is the case, legally speaking, these boxes are totally legal and they cost like a hundred to 200 bucks, depending on the model you're getting. Right. But then if you don't want to pay those monthly Netflix bills, you might not have to. Hmm. And like, if you're on cable cable. Like it makes so much sense. Right. So Nick, you're talking how Rob won the, you won the (laughs) news. That's not news. (laughs) I think you actually won it with this because when I first saw this, because I saw the same thing going around the the news cycle. I'm like, this is, this isn't new because Apple TVs have been being modded for, since they came out to be able to do this. And Xboxes as well with the XBMC platform. And and that's what that's exactly what this is, but it's just being done on Android devices instead of Yeah, and being Apple retailed, TVs. like ready to do this. It's not just a mod. It is, but it, it is. They're just being sold modded. Right. Yeah. That seems right. different, but also you can find Apple TVs like that as well. Just look Apple TV X, XBMC and there'll be like Kijiji ads for Apple TVs with XBMC on them that you can buy. Hmm. Did they or, have or, a, <laughs> did that story have a Canadian connection though? Did it make it on CBC news? <laughs> Cause I don't think it did that. That Well, that's my whole point is I don't know why it's on CBC now, but so it's the same thing because it's a Canadian company. Yeah. What's that Rob? It's the same thing I had. It's like, yes, it is news, but it's also not new. Yeah. This is a but different no, like, thing. Yeah. 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 Right. And, and yeah, like it's, I think with this kind of thing, it's, it's a dangerous territory because 
previously people who had been modding these devices, they knew what they were doing and knew what they were getting themselves into with it. With now with this whole thing, like we were at the home and garden show. I was at the home and garden show. <laughs> and, uh, they had, they had a booth. They actually had two booths where they were selling these Android boxes that had been modded and put the, uh, the streams on them. And, like the whole people don't realize that when you're buying these types of devices, you don't know what you're buying. Like right. you don't know what's in that device. You're hooking it up to your network and you're streaming stuff. It could be cancer. It no, could be it, cancer in that box. Aliens. It's not like it's not like you're buying an Apple TV from the Apple store and then modding it so you know what's being done to it and then hooking it into the stream. You're buying mm-hmm. this box that you don't know what else has been done to it. Ideally you're trusting these companies to not be nefarious, but you just don't know because a lot of these boxes are being bought from, you know, overseas that are knockoffs. They're not even original mm. Android TV boxes and they're being bought in this way. So the price to these people selling them are like 25 bucks a unit and they're selling yeah. them for 200. So it's just, it's one of those buyer beware type things and I can't see it lasting that long, but I so, guess it, it, it makes the, whole thing more available i guess yeah the the i have two questions here okay. first of all nick you know the malware is a thing right yes like yes, that's a I real do. concern <laughs> i i'm i'm aware good uh second thing much more importantly i don't understand how this works where is this copyrighted you, content so, coming from so the the way that it was demoed at the home and garden show was you boot this thing up and it has the exact same android interface as any android tv or mm-hmm. android device i guess so you go to like an app that the developer gives like blows onto the device mm-hmm. and then through the app you link in these stream channels. So okay. these stream channels are like well-known channels that other people access. You can access them from your browser if you have a client that can stream it. Okay. So you can actually download, you know, for Mac or PC, XBMC clients and then mm-hmm. hook into these same channels. So you don't even need this box to do it. You just need a laptop and then hook your laptop up to a TV. So that's part of it. It's like, well, these boxes aren't even necessary. But aside from that, you're hooking into this uh, basically a website that is like an RSS feed of shows. Yeah. But you can navigate through the shows and go through specific episodes. So this the stream structure is in a way that's very familiar to things like Netflix or a digital mm-hmm. cable type menu. Um, but the the concept of it isn't new. It's just it's being put on an accessible Android box that you can just plug into your TV and go. But it's it's all done through an app that accesses these sites and then it pulls it from these sites. And that's where the streaming part comes in. Right. So it it throughout this entire article, they're saying this isn't illegal, but this absolutely is illegal, just not, maybe not it's, necessarily to the pe- person yeah, streaming. Yeah, exactly. It. It's, okay. it's illegal to yeah, it's illegal to the people hosting the content. Right. Okay. And running these sites, it's not illegal to the person streaming. That's the whole point. So, like things like Popcorn Time, the yeah, that's not that's that falls in the same category here. Yeah. You're not. It's only right. that you're not downloading it, but yeah. streaming is downloading just a bit at a time. So, it's and it's like, not being kept. It's being kept in a temporary internet file, and then yeah. Deleted Wait. So you said you said it's not being kept, and then you said it's only well, being kept. It's not being downloaded to be used later. It's being downloaded in a temporary file used and then goes away so after i would make the argument that if you download something for the purpose of streaming and then it happens to stay on your computer that would be just as legal and it's not <laughs> i don't know yeah well that's not how the riaa <laughs> or the MPAA. the mpaa yeah yeah 
well, they don't, yeah, they're a bunch of people that probably don't understand the technology that well. And if they knew that was possible, then I would have a feeling they would not be okay with streaming. I mean, hey, I, Rob, I know they're Rob, not okay with it anyway. You know what, but, Rob? It's hard being on the wrong side of history. You should cut them some slack. I think we're on the wrong side of history because we're wrong about all the stealing that we were doing because they haven't caught up yet. Touche? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Eventually, this all work itself out, and entertainment will be not relatively inexpensive and very accessible. But we're just not there yet. Yeah. And Slack will be a dollar a month. <laughs> I'm so excited for that. God, future. what a horrible, horrible future that sounds like. <laughs> no, it sounds great. I want to pay a little bit to have awesome stuff. I just don't want to pay a lot to have very limited, closed off stuff. And me, I don't want to be on Slack at all. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, we know you've grown to love it. I beg your pardon? I know you've grown to love it. But, okay, we've hit some serious <laughs> philosophical points here with how does one know something that isn't true? <laughs> That's a good question. I don't have an answer for you. Actually, I did figure out what was going wrong. Um, I just wasn't getting notifications from Slack for oh, the longest yeah. time. It is because, or the reason is that I turned it off. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was getting like pinged 50 times because you two were talking about cell phones or some such. See, that's the, that's why I love Slack because you can jump in and out of conversations and you can choose to not get notified about conversations. Whereas if we're having a chat in one messenger thread, you get notified about every single thing we talked about. Whereas yeah. with Slack, you have endless control. That's actually why I like it. Mm. But it means that when a conversation ends and you want to go check back, you just have to remember to turn them back on or they'll stay off. Yeah. Which is also, it's fine. But if it's not the behavior you want, then you have to change it. Yeah. yeah. Also, Hangouts, you can do temporary muting, right? Yeah, and that is that is what I usually like to do. I just say like they'll probably be done this in a couple hours, mm -hmm. and yeah. So the thing I don't like about that, particularly, like this doesn't have to turn into a Slack thing, but uh, the thing that I like about Slack in that regard, compared to Messenger, Hangouts, or whatever platform like that, is that you can't link to a chat. You have right. to. You can't be like, oh yeah, we're talking about this here and you but you're not going to get notified about it unless you go and be a part of this conversation like i can't if i'm in hangouts i can't say oh yeah we're talking about this hey nick come read this conversation but then also don't read it later because it's a separate thread that you either join or leave there's no coming and going whereas with slack you can come and go from any conversation what a horrible, horrible, incredibly niche reality you've just, uh, you've just no, described. No, everyone has that reality. They just don't know it. They don't know better. Oh, thank <laughs> God we have you, Rob. I know. You know what's good for us. Not thank like us. I, I've if tried only everything. We could, if only we could install you as a benevolent dictator. I would love that. Our science no, actually, and tech would needs would be do completely taken care of. Don't do that. I don't want to lead... I don't want to follow, but I don't want to lead either. <laughs> okay. But let's let's move on here. Mike, you have a story here about algebra, and I don't really understand. Algebra Basic. I I 
<laughs> I hope that's two. <laughs> There's this weird piece by Slate that they interviewed this one professor from some school and such. And it hit, he had an issue with STEM education mm-hmm. uh, because he felt that it was unfair to people who don't like math and it's causing them disadvantages when it comes to college admissions and such because a lot of college programs post-secondary for that uh, in a general sense require some predefined level of math education and achievement. Mm-hmm. And he feels that the way that the math uh, curriculum is set up is it's a it's like a recipe for failure for a lot of people so it encourages high school dropout um, and just inhibits access to these college programs for students that should be able to get in because they're intelligent or bright or whatever but they just don't have that math strength right and for some reason the author of this article agrees with this guy um i, I i'd imagine it has something to do with because she doesn't like math either but sure. um, she, her, her anecdote is that her husband, who's an engineer, is able to appreciate the value of math in, in education and why it's important because people like to say, oh, when am I ever going to use this in life? And you use math every single day whether you realize it or not, especially when it comes to jobs that require certain degrees that require math. Um, like you might not be, you know, using quadratic equation every day, but it's good to know that that tool is around if you need to use it. And mm. for at least myself in the job I do, that's what I find is with my math education and exposure to it, I'm able to recognize situations where I could use a certain thing. And then I'll go and, you know, refresh myself on the exact, you know, equation or method. But at least I, I recognize that I can use something there. Um, and I think that's kind of the skills that the math curriculum is intended to teach is conceptual understanding so that you can recognize situations where like where you can use something and what to use, mm-hmm. not necessarily just memorizing a formula. Um, and one of the important points that another professor or researcher had said was that student uh, understanding of math is kind of broken down into three different parts. Uh, hold on, let me just find this here. Yeah, so there's uh, facts, algorithm, and conceptual understanding. So there's, you know, facts such as uh, a right angle triangle has, you know, the angle of 90 degrees in one of the the corners. The algorithm being, okay, how do you find the other two angles? And the conceptual understanding is the why part or being able to kind of extrapolate that knowledge and apply to something else. And students are able to kind of have the facts and the algorithms nailed down. But once you start trying to push them to problems where they have to have an understanding, that's where it they have trouble. And they, he's the example that in places like Singapore or other Asian countries, they'll teach the conceptual understanding very early so that you're building on top of the understanding. You're not trying to get the understanding once you've already taught the facts and the algorithms mm-hmm. uh, because students tend to rely on those to get themselves through the course versus developing that understanding. So anyway, that's kind of long story long, but the the point is, is that there's people that feel STEM education is overrated and the initiative to increase STEM understanding and education is unnecessary, I guess. So I've, I can kind of guess where this conversation is going to go just based <laughs> on who the three of us are, but I'd, yeah. I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on it. Well, so the authors 
I say congratulations. Now you know how I felt about fourth year English. <laughs> fourth year English for me was entirely, entirely literary analysis. And you know where I've used literary analysis in a professional setting? Mm -hmm. Never. Actually, never. <laughs> in, in any workplace I've ever worked in, I'm always using some form of math. Even yeah. like addition, subtraction, just yeah. in my head, that kind of skill. Always using arithmetic. Always. You know where I've used literary analysis? <laughs> In private life or private conversations. Yeah. Because it's a useless skill. <laughs> that is Got a bunch complete. of people who are like, no, look at the symbolism of what people are doing here. It's like, no, 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 no. I don't give a flying about... Uh, <laughs> it's sad that our listeners won't see that gesture. Yes. I don't care what the symbolism of many actions are. I care what the person is doing. Yeah. Yeah. I focus on the matter of substance, mm. not just, you know, filling in the blanks here, depending on <laughs> what, uh, what Shakespeare play you think that references. Yeah. <laughs> Idiots. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. Uh, I mostly uh, agree with Nick. And, but I also agree with you, Mike. Uh, for me, the, the value of education is getting a solid foundation in all subjects. And if I had never been exposed to math, if I had never been exposed to algebra, I wouldn't know that I loved it so much. If I hadn't been exposed to literary whatever analysis, I wouldn't have come to an understand like the the books that i read in high school it it doesn't matter that i read those books it's the fact that i did take away lessons from that i decided that i didn't want to do literary analysis as a career <laughs> but i still gained some value from it right even if i don't use it in my everyday life and yes you shouldn't sub necessarily subject kids to you know having to take mandatory algebra classes that will determine their academic future i agree because if it's causing people to have to drop out of school i agree that's not a that we shouldn't have that just because someone isn't bad is bad at one thing or doesn't understand one thing but it like it, this a bigger problem than just saying don't make us take algebra because algebra it, it's like it's important to know and if you if you're not good at it that's a, a fundamental skill that you yeah. are missing and if you never even get exposed to it, then how would you know that you don't understand it? Like having a weakness is an opportunity to learn. I took linear algebra, which is probably after what they're talking about here. Yeah, that'd be university. This is high school. So. Yeah. And I no, linear, al linear algebra we did in high school. You did matrices like, in high school? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we never did. The Alberta curriculum has no yeah. linear algebra whatsoever in school. And I oh. absolutely bombed that class. That was the wor my right. worst university class because I had no idea what was going on. But I don't think I'm an idiot because I had no idea what was going on. It was just very clear that there was a gap where... <laughs> no, no, Rob, you're an idiot for entirely different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not because I didn't understand. I didn't understand because there was some teaching about yeah. the basics that I didn't get. And so there was just no way that I was going to understand unless I got that learning. And when you're in university, when you're taking four or five classes, there's no way to kind of catch up on 
things you didn't understand. And that was, that was my experience. But it, I don't think that because I hated this one class because I was terrible at it, that nobody should take it. Yeah. It's, it seems to me that like I, with the Alberta system and it may be the same for Ontario, there's two or three different tracks you can mm-hmm. take when it comes to math and science. You have like for Alberta, you have the AP track, which is like, if you're not being challenged enough and you kind of want semi-university level introduction to concepts and then you have just pure and then you have applied and then you even have a fourth level which is like the 13 track so you have like i think it goes math i don't think math 13 but they have math 10 and then 23 and 33 possibly something like that something like that but the point is is that depending on which university program you want to take they'll have different requirements so for the non-science and math majors they'll say oh you only need up to math 20 or you only need up to math 20 applied or 30 applied or whatever it is so you don't have to go you know the same route as everyone else if you're not going to use it which i i am fine with that makes sense in the same way that i wish you know, that they had kind of similar flexibility when it comes to the social studies and, and English, but not that I'm saying it, it was worthless taking it because like you said, Rob, it, it exposes you to that stuff. Even if you're not good at it, it at least shows you kind of what's involved with it. Yeah. Yeah. We had, um, in Ontario, they have like, it'll be ENG for you. Um, or, you know, one, two, three, four, you. Yeah. And the U classes are, Oh, wait, it might be different in nine and 10. Anyway, you have you in the later courses for university bound, or I think the other is a or C or something like that. It's like college applied technical kind of courses. And then there's M courses, which are mixed, like computer programming was a mixed course Mm. because, you know, it's, or at least in the earlier ones, it was mixed because it doesn't really matter whether you're going to a technical school or university coding is pretty much the same yeah. at that level. Right. Uh, so in my first year experience, I, I forget if linear algebra was a first or a second year class. It was, but it was like the it first, was first year. Yeah, it was first year. Um, but I think I took it in the second half of the year, whereas I took calculus in the first half. So that's what I it, did. Yeah. In first year, noted I was a chemistry major. So like my strongest, the thing, class I liked the most was chemistry, but my best mark was in calculus and my worst mark was in algebra but they're both math so i might have had near identical yeah actually wait yeah i think i took a writing course that i might have scored very highly in <laughs> yeah because you had no value for literary yeah. analysis but see Rob, I think no no issue- that was a technical writing course where they <laughs> yeah, no, they taught you how to write reports which was very useful to yes. me no I, I know rob i think the issue with linear algebra is that it's such a foreign concept if you haven't had exposure to systems yeah. of equations before. Exactly. Right. And yeah. from my memory, like we ne- we didn't work with systems of like six equations in in math. No, we prior, didn't. Prior to linear algebra, and then all of a sudden they're introducing matrices where it apparently solves these systems, and it's like, well, okay, back up, like, yeah, right. It's it, calculus built at least built on algebra. It built on concepts like slope. Yep. And rates of yep. change and all that kind of stuff. Whereas linear algebra is like completely different. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. I, it was even the, the math, the calculus class was even like the, there was two streams. There was the life sciences stream and there was the engineer stream and the chemists had to take the engineer stream. That but it was did. still like, it made yeah. perfect sense to me 
Like yeah. I understood math all through my life until I hit linear algebra. And it's just like, it was Greek, literally and figuratively, <laughs> completely incomprehensible to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, come on, Rob. The, these two matrices are in the same space, the same <laughs> eigenspace. So mm. all you need to do is apply an eigenvalue. And you're like, what space are you talking about? Okay. <laughs> but, and honestly, the weirdest part of this is that the field I ended up going into, NMR, uses these terms all the time. And I had no idea what was going on. I still did okay in those classes, but I had no understanding of that that kind of math behind it. Right. None. Yeah. I could use the word eigenvalue, but I never used it correctly. I'm what certain. What is of that. a tensor? Yeah. I know you're right. I I remember asking my supervisor, uh, Dave, I think you might have even been there, Nick. I was just like, what is a tensor? What the heck is it? Like, and this was in third or fourth year. I think I was there. We were yeah. at a bar. Yeah, at a bar. And he like, I think even he had trouble explaining it. But it's just like, it's just the high order matrix or something. I think but, it's like a matrix of vectors. Yeah. Kind of. Uh, that Maybe that's right. But anyways, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I I did not understand any of that. And it ended up being the thing that I did for school for five years. I thought yeah. calculus was great, though. Yeah, calculus yeah. was amazing. I like calculus, yeah. I would still actually, yeah. I wouldn't mind taking like a calculus three. Yeah, even differential yeah. equations, I, I enjoyed well, that's, that. Differential yeah. equations was oh, Cal okay. three for us. Yeah. yeah. Or pretty much anyway. Mm -hmm. I took that as an option course because I liked math. Yeah. And I didn't <laughs> want to take anything stupid like whatever. Yeah non-math i think i took yeah i took a couple of geology courses as as options rocks for jocks yeah. <laughs> uh all right but yeah so we're all pretty much in agreement like just because something is not necessarily going to be used for the rest of your life doesn't mean you shouldn't be exposed to it yes and they're important skills to learn like yeah. you're saying yeah even even the skill of being challenged by something and trying to learn something you may not understand right away that's an important life skill. Otherwise, you're just like, oh, I'm bad at this. Give up. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, deal, yeah, I mean, because, I mean, I get it. Like, I still had to take that one grade nine art class, and it was awful. <laughs> but I did it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. I took um, music. <laughs> at least I took music, music yeah. too. Yeah. Music is interesting. It's kind of in its own category. It's like the arts kind of come out to me as being a different thing. Yeah. Uh, well, Mike, you're suggesting possibly just going to an after show right now. We did we did talk about this a while back. Nick, first of all, has to work. And we talked about going to like 45 minutes to an hour, which never seems to happen anymore. Yeah. Uh, do you guys want to go to an after show then? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Let's do that. We still have a lot to talk about, but. We'll we'll go into the after show type yeah. of mode. Uh, so thanks for watching, listening to this week. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could have watched, but you're probably listening to this week's feature chat. We'll be back next week with more science and tech talk, and uh, head to unwindmedia.com/slash/feature-chat to see uh, past episodes of the show and more. Do we have a sponsor we should talk about or thank? No, I. <laughs> the whole sponsor thing really formalizes. I actually have a few different sponsors that i really have to figure out like Ooh. in theory warby parker could be a sponsor of the show but Ooh. they're a internet glasses company 
you can buy glasses for very cheap and they send you pairs to try on at home and then you send the ones you don't want back and they put your prescriptions in. That sounds like a great idea. But uh, I don't have glasses, but it sounds like a great idea. (laughs) So technically, I have like 10 companies that I could be, but like don't have the time. Can I can I interject and say I don't think that the commission for clicks model of sponsorship should count. It shouldn't count. That's lazy sponsorship. Well, it's it's small time sponsorship. It's it's non sponsorship, really. Yeah, that's kind of the way it works, though. Yeah, in theory. If I'll say, they're ideally just sending us money, (laughs) and we're talking about them. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'll say now that I've mentioned it, since I even did that pitch that Nick seemed to love. If you do, uh, let's try this. I'll do this as an experiment. If you have are looking for glasses and you want to go to uh, try Warby Parker, you can do it through warbyparkertrial.com slash future. And that will get you, that will take you to the site and let them, let me and them know that you came from our show. But they're, they're not really a sponsor in that Mike, they said, we get a bit of money if you buy from, from them. But it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing for small shows, but it's not really a sponsorship. Mike is right. <laughs> As usual. <laughs> so I've been, right, I've been right a lot this show. You That's have. Like my you third really time, have. Third time being right, at least. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the thing that I want to talk about, and which is kind of after showy, I wanted to do a checkup because, like, you know, spring comes around. I, I tend to want to clean things up. And it got me thinking about how I consume news and what news I consume. And for so for me, the primary way I, I sort of get news, the first thing I do is Twitter. But I also have a bunch of RSS feeds that I kind of have left over from when Google Reader exploded. And I actually went through this week, and as part of this sort of spring cleaning thing, I deleted a bunch of RSS feeds from my reader because I was just... Every day, I, I actually did the thing. Feedly has a feature that lets you... Feedly is the RSS reader that I use. And I think that Mike uses. Yeah. Um, it lets you delete anything that's older than one day. And I found that I was just basically sitting there. Every time I went to go read the news, I would have to delete everything that was older than one day to get it down to like 800 or 900 stories. Right. And like, I just can't... I couldn't keep up with it. And so I've trimmed it down by probably about half. And especially getting rid of higher volume things. And like, for for instance, I was subscribed to, because when I was writing for mobile syrup, it was like important that I check all these RSS feeds. So I like, I was the next web, the verge, yeah. uh, mashable and gadget gizmodo, like all these sites that basically just repost the same things Between every day. Other. Yeah. Yeah. But you kind of have to subscribe to all of them if you don't want to miss anything. Right. And so. I, I had all that, but like, it's just impossible to keep up. And I had, so I had the same thing. I kind of had like, I had Vox, I had 538. I had, again, like Mashable also does kind of the cult, like culture or just regular news kind of thing where I had a bunch of different sources. But really what ended up happening is most of the news that I read was on Twitter because I would just kind of scroll through and I have all those, those sites on my, on Twitter and I, so I would see the majority of the stories through there. And then RSS would just be an exercise of going through and making sure I didn't miss anything. Right. And so in deleting half of them, it really made me feel a lot better. But I don't know. I'm also experimenting with like there's uh, news aggregation apps that I've been looking at. Like there's one called Quartz from the website Quartz that will just kind of operates like a text conversation where it'll 
it, when you open the app, it'll like tell you about it's stuff. iOS only, by the way. It is iOS only. Yeah. It, it's interesting, but it's a little too slow for me. I would rather, it kind of like takes you through in a skeuomorphic kind of way, a text conversation where you're like talking to the news and you like tap a button to see if you want to see the next story. But it it takes a long time to just like, I'd rather just see this is the thing and then click next. And it's like, this is the next thing and this is the next thing. But it kind of makes you go through a process of as though you're texting with a friend or a, a news source. So it's interesting, but I feel like I'm just like, come on, get get to the next thing. Uh, so I don't know, Mike. What what are you doing these days? Are you still using RSS heavily, or you shifted? Mine's almost exactly the same as you because I used to depend solely on Feedly or Reader back in the day, and then Feedly. Yeah. So I, yeah, like you, like you, I subscribed to Verge and Wired and Vox and Slate and mm. what have. You. Actually, maybe not Slate because I think the paywall. Yeah, the paywall. Um, (laughs) But so I had all these and then I started using Twitter more and Twitter kind of became my RSS. And I like the thing I like about Twitter is that so I'm subscribed to various, you know, Slate and um, uh, whatever uh, outlets, but it acts as kind of like a filter where the good stuff bubbles to the top because people retweet stuff or they'll Mm -hmm. be talking about it. So that's kind of how I keep in uh, in the loop with like the big stuff. And then Facebook, it's kind of similar. I have Vox on there and Android Central and what have you. Yeah. And so for there, I like those because they have the comment threads. So the Vox comment threads are usually pretty entertaining. Mm. Um, and uh, <laughs> but and then, yeah, RSS has become just, okay, did I miss anything? But like you, I have like thousands of stories in there that yeah. I have to. So I usually will flip through it and then. I'll get tired and just mark all as red and yeah. then start over. Yeah. So I think like you, so RSS, I kind of use for a couple dead spin websites. Um, 538 I'll use mm-hmm. RSS for, but other than that, pretty much nothing else. Right. Like the, the, I'll use it for people who have blogs. Like, yeah, because, yeah. I, I love right? it actually for people who yeah. have blogs. Yeah. So, so that's the one thing I like RSS for is for, for blogs. But for new sites, I find I use Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn for the the oil and gas news, and that's right. pretty much my main sources. Um, mm. and then I'll listen to CBC Radio on the way to and from the train station when I drive. Okay, because I am waiting for my FM transmitter still <laughs> for my podcast. <laughs> and Nick, what what do you do for news other than listening to us talk about things that are new? Uh, honestly, it's a lot of podcasts, podcasts yeah. and Reddit is basically mm-hmm. my method. Okay. Um, no, like podcasts that I'm subscribed to, like the house, oh, what's Planet the, Money. the house in day six. Now planet money isn't <laughs> yeah. really news. It's just things I find interesting. I guess they, they do occasionally verge on news or like explain things behind the news. But yeah, I mean, the combination I have usually hits on the news that I care to know about. Right. On one is the, I've been bad at listening to it lately, but the BBC's science hour thing. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. So it's most of the news I care to know about. And then Reddit fills in the gaps. Okay. Yep. The thing that I don't like about Reddit in terms of getting news, like I do use it a lot for kind of entertainment type thing. But I find that when a big story happens, the front page of Reddit is just like 
five of that thing and I've already seen it. As and opposed so, to the RSS feeds where each and every one is an it's original true. story. Right. So what I did, that that's why I deduplicated. Like I, I have a couple of the best, not necessarily super high volume RSS like tech feeds. I think the ones that I kept are uh, Ars Technica because they have a lot of stories that are kind of more technical and kind of off the beaten path. They're not just kind of reposting everything that comes up. Uh, TechCrunch and Wall Street Journal Digital and The Next Web. So I have like four of the big ones that kind of post news, but they're they're more just the things that I I really it's not just like repost, 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 repost. It's there's actually some in, like journalism that goes into it. Yeah. Yeah. Like when I'm when the mood strikes me, I'll usually actually I still have Feedly. I probably have a lot of new like unread stories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> probably. Uh, it's usually like Globe and Mail, The Star, CBC, but among right. the three of them, the, there's usually duplication there. But mm-hmm. And then I just will not read National Post because it's Any post-media outlet probably isn't worth it. <laughs> just saying. Uh, they have some good sports coverage, but... I, I guess. I just mean for news, yeah. Um, yeah. Actually... Since I started this new job where I'm actually kind of doing research and being an adult and such, I set up a Google account for NSERC. Nice. And so I have a separate Feedly account with that email and like a separate Chrome profile where I just have like higher education feeds because right. there, are, there are a bunch of publications that talk about it all the time. <clears throat> and so I, when I'm at work, I also have a set of feeds that I go through talking about latest in in uh like science and engineering yeah. funding and uh, higher education apparently NSERC has a twitter account they have two twitter accounts that are English almost entirely redundant yeah. <laughs> french is quite redundant well no, it's not that french is redundant it's like most big publications will tweet in french and in english but the government of canada has kind of adopted a thing mostly where uh they have like split accounts where they're slightly different they tweet the same things in french and english but the handles are like whatever the acronym is it's like ncirc underscore en ncirc no that would be interesting like that would be better but what they have is ncirc underscore cursing and cursing underscore ncirc so the the it's just the order that it comes in but they're basically the same handle just transposed oh it is too uh okay so yeah, that's a that, terrible idea. Yeah. Also, yeah. I thought you were actually referring to the word cursing. No, yeah, that's me just too. how that's, that's how like, you say that it. That must be the I, French one. Answer cursing. <laughs> Guess what big effing news we have today? Answer <laughs> <Enserc> non cursing. <laughs> yeah. Um no Holy it, sh- Canadians. That's the only way I can remember the French acronym is if you take the vowels out of the word cr- uh cursing, you get CRSNG. And that's how I remember the acronym. There you go. <laughs> Fun fact. <laughs> uh, yeah, so so Feely has been really good to uh, me. But... Look at this look at this research. <laughs> Feely's been good, but I mostly use Twitter to actually keep up with stuff just because it's a combination of, you know, random things from random people and the news. 
and it's not limited like with feedly i find that you could tend to kind of get into a bubble where you're not getting exposed to everything because there's no way you can actually like there's no outside inputs there's just the sites that you pick whereas with twitter you get not only the people you and sites you want to see about but also if when they kind of share things or have conversations with people you can kind of get exposed to other stuff yeah yeah it's almost like it's more social than than feedly is almost yeah not quite but so close (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh you guys want to keep going yeah let's do some of yours i i'm interested to hear what you have to say about facebook reactions (laughs) (laughs) well i i love them so that's why I wanted to talk about it because I've heard people Facebook. being like, oh, these are stupid. Like, why don't, but I find that. Oh, we now, just wanted a dislike button. Oh, that's all we wanted. <laughs> why can't we get that? <laughs> now that I have six reactions, I find that I only use the like button about one sixth of the time. Like I use oh. all the reactions now. If, if I don't just want to like something, right. I don't. And I very frequently use the other reactions. I don't know. Have you, I'm assuming Nick doesn't even know what we're talking about but mike what have you no, I, i'm hip with what the kids are up to i've seen okay. some people feeling feeling mad or feeling sad or potato Angry. i don't know all the feeling <laughs> i'm feeling wow right now what they got rid of wow wow is there there's no, wow haha no. angry sad wow isn't there anymore what do you mean wow there's five now no there's six there's like love haha angry and sad and wow Wow's not there. Okay, you're wrong. <laughs> I hate to oh, break hey, it no, to no. you. It's yay. They they had yay. I think that's what the, that's the one they got rid of. For a bit, they had a yay one, and then they got rid of it because people were getting confused between the difference between yay and like. I mean, it's a I very. See. I see. So are you saying yeah. there were seven? Yes. But only in the beta test, because when they launched, there were six. I think so. I f- okay. For some reason, I, when I first got reactions, I thought I saw a yay there as well. And I think they got rid of it that same day. Oh, I'm pretty sure. Because I remember seeing the yay, and I feel like I used it or at least saw it. And then it mm. wasn't there anymore. But yeah, but yeah now it's wow. And yeah. there's only six. Yeah. Yeah. So have I, you, Mike, you've used them, I've seen. Yeah, I've used the love one. Mm-hmm. And I've used a haha one. I'm not... I'm usually I don't usually react to things with anger, so I, I don't ever feel appropriate using the anger one. But you, it's if like, you saw something that made you angry, you would use it. But that's the thing I don't. Nothing like that makes me angry. Like I had, uh, there was a person that posted that a bunch of their photo photography equipment got stolen and like computers and stuff. Right. Like that, I was just like, yeah, angry is the perfect reaction. And then yeah. it, eventually, you could shift it to sad. <laughs> but like if my when my bike got stolen a bunch of people would post sad or angry emojis right but what it made me do now is now i want the same ability on twitter almost <laughs> instantly i was like i hit I hit the heart on twitter and i was like oh yeah i can't i have to just heart <laughs> right yeah well see it's kind of like the hate like like you you want to have like on a lot of trump stuff you want to be yeah, able to exactly. say this is ridiculous but you're not going to like something of his. Right. But you're going to say you're an idiot. Yeah, with exactly. Emoji, right? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much anything. But at the same posts. time, can you not feel sad that so many Americans are supporting it? And not just yeah, Americans, can. like people yeah. around the world if are you, supporting Trump. 
if you look on the Vox articles on Facebook, a lot of them have sad and angry emojis <laughs> when they're Trump related <laughs> articles. Makes sense. Yeah. Hmm. It does. Yeah. It's true. So Nick, have you used any of them or are you just sitting back and watching I, these things develop? I've mostly been doing like because like I haven't had a particularly sad story posted to my feed that I wanted to register my feelings on. Mm-hmm. And so it's not actually worth the extra second that it would take to modify it from like for me or I mean as of yet. Right. But I think the idea is if, if someone's dog died, you'd like to be able to empathize, but you yeah. don't want to like it. Yes. Right? Yes. If, if like that happened, that hasn't happened right. to me yet. Right. Or maybe it has. And I'm just a terrible friend that doesn't <laughs> check Facebook, which is highly likely. Blame but, the filter uh, bubble. Sorry. Blame the filter bubble. If you don't yeah. want to see sad stuff, sad stuff will slowly creep out because of Facebook's stupid algorithms. Yeah. I don't know. I'm seeing a lot less from like some sources I haven't wanted to see and I'm pretty happy about it. That's what I mean. In some cases it's good, in some cases it's bad. Okay. Yeah. Well, details. Um it's not worth my time to it's not worth my time really and truly to hit like on most things, but Right. I still do that. I just refuse to double the amount of effort it takes. <laughs> but two times zero is still zero. Yes. Because it is literally no effort. No, no. You got you to gotta move Fine. the cursor over. You got you to gotta hit the button. Two times a very, very small number is still a very, very small number. Yeah, yeah I don't want to have to increase that small number more than I have to. <laughs> Kids in your music. <laughs> So Nick to the Drizzy and the Yeezy and and your baggy pants, your backwards hats. Oh, I tell you, these kids come in asking for like the baggy pants with the elastic cuff on the bottom. I'm oh like, man, where Sounds are we great. going? Where are we going as a species? <laughs> Clearly, the only value judgment necessary is based on the cuff of your pant. Yes, <laughs> it's got to be comfortable. That's why I always keep my cuffs in tip-top shape. Mm. so i don't get yeah. improperly judged by the way if you're interested we do install heel guards at the bay Ooh. So. oh really i, I actually need a couple means. of my pants rehemmed because the cuff is oh. starting to fall off i'm not sure rehemming is the answer there what's what, a heel guard you know what i mean a heel guard is i actually saw one finally it's like a it's like a really hard plastic but like a mesh almost a really very high coverage mesh they Mm -hmm. just sew it into the heel what is the purpose of this it had structural support and if you like scuffed it or something like that it would hit the heel guard very slightly first like there's just a touch of it showing you have to look very closely to actually see it but it would be the first thing to hit the ground instead of your pant yeah It goes on your pants or goes on your shoes? Pants. Weird. <laughs> Sorry. The Yeah, I could have been better at that. Google image search is giving me no help. <laughs> you just have to go into the bay, Rob. Talk I guess. The experts. Oh, okay. Some, I, I think I see it. We have some Very, nice uh, We have some nice Bugatti 
Bugatti. Ones with heel guards. So fancy. Yeah. Isn't that like a car? <laughs> I think so. Also a brand like of clothing. Hmm. Oh, some of these are just cloth heel guards, too. Yeah. Well, that okay. would be just reinforcement. Right. Yeah. They're okay. for the heels. Keep your heels safe. I've learned something today. And that's why you come to Future Chat. It is. <laughs> the future of men's clothing is very much the same as the past of men's clothing. <laughs> yes. Yes. yes, it is. <laughs> Go listen to David Mitchell. David Mitchell's soapbox on uh, men's clothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's brilliant. So, Nick, let's wrap up. You wanted to talk about one more story before we Yeah, go. I think this would be a good after show one because it's probably not going to take too long, but I think it's really cool. Okay. If only I still had the link pulled up. <laughs> but long and short... Uh, scientists have discovered a catalyst, which, oh wait, I'm in the wrong page. Yeah, it's a catalyst that, uh, assists with the generation of hydrogen peroxide. And so hydrogen peroxide, notoriously good at sterilizing things because it kills everything, everything. Mm -hmm. And so if you can ship that catalyst around, you can generate clean water wherever you have it. So like, I don't know, I imagine hikers could use it, but it's probably worth it just using the water tabs that they use already. Right. I know very, very remote places with not necessarily good access to clean water. He said, he says to the guy sipping his infinite source of clean water. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, I just thought it was really cool. So can you tell us a bit about what, like what you know about the process or is it pretty technical and you're just oh, kind uh, of, I skimmed it and it's yeah. It, the science article is titled palladium tin catalysts for the direct synthesis of H2O2 with high selectivity. Right. Yeah. That's so, the long and short of it. Like it's just a lot of fluff around the title. Yeah. I mean, feel free to read it. It's just a new, better way of doing it. It sounds like previously gold was the main or only catalyst, and they found a new one yeah. that's more easily accessible. Mm-hmm. I'm, what, I'm what's intrigued. this saying about being mobile? Your, your, title, mobile. your title said mobile waterproof purifier. Well, yeah, you just need the catalyst and you yeah. can take it wherever you want to go. But they already had that, though, didn't they? Or no? I mean... Maybe I'm misreading the point of this story. Not necessarily, I guess. Okay. So I'm intrigued because I feel like palladium is pretty rare. Yeah. And, like... What about this makes it tied to the developing world? I think that is on demand. I yeah. think that, that's what the one paragraph says, that the new method is now on demand, one-step process, whereas before I guess it wasn't. Oh, okay. So Yeah, so I guess the another big part of this is that with the old gold ones, they would generate hydrogen peroxide, but then the palladium would all, or whatever metal would also catalyze the 
reduction or they would catalyze the decomposition of hydrogen peroxide. Okay. And so this one is better because the tin keeps the stuff away from the palladium. So it has right. more time to actually treat the water. Hmm. I, yeah, I want to do some follow-up related to this because I was reading a headline that was fairly clickbaity and then I read it. I was going to say, like, Mike, uh, Mike actually read an article about this two months ago. No. <laughs> debunked no, the whole thing. I saw that. I saw that this was published in science and the journal mm-hmm. and those yes. are, that's of course a paywall journal. And we had talked about the SciHub site before. So I actually right. tried that site this morning on a different article. Okay. And it actually worked. So I was pretty impressed. Ooh. So you just, you put in the URL of the paper that's paywalled. Right. In the, like that's the journal site. And then it's instantly, you get the PDF. Hmm. It's very right. simple. And it worked beautifully. So Sweet. in case anyone wants to read up on this story, there's a, a science link here that you can throw into SciHub. Can and here we... we are making fun of, Kanye West for getting things for free. And then we're doing exactly the same thing. Science should be more open than yeah. software that I mean Dead Mouse has to eat probably some cheese. Is it Dead Mouse or Dead Mouse 5? Dead it's Mouse. Why does he have a 5 in there? Cuz it's because cool. That's what the kids are doing these days. You put in numbers <laughs> instead of letters and you put a big uh, electronic helmet on and mm-hmm. who even knows mike i see and you put a dollar sign in your name is that like the l337 like yes elite? yeah okay. yes um actually i heard that kesha dropped the dollar sign from her name what <laughs> it's probably confusing why was this not our top story <laughs> This is the future of Kesha we're talking about. People, people kept pronouncing it as Kedalerha. Yeah. Speaking of <laughs> it, things, <laughs> speaking of things, I would I would either sad or angry react to on Facebook. Kesha is going through some legal troubles, mm-hmm. and uh, as apparently as part of her growing up process, she is. I heard she dropped the dollar sign. Oh, so this is like a TMZ level rumor right now. No, this isn't even. It, not a rumor it's like it's actually a thing TM that i'm pretty Zed sure happened up here tm said so. <laughs> i've never said zed just fyi why not why don't you just move to the states mike just make it official i'll, I'll ditch y'all move down to the states you'll be back in november <laughs> will i no i don't think trump is gonna get the nomination <laughs> oh oh I see. Uh, gotcha <laughs> i see what you did there <laughs> So uh, yeah, I guess we'll what we'll do is read up because I'm I'm intrigued. I had never heard about the process of using hydrogen peroxide to purify water, but I guess that makes sense in that there's no nasty byproducts when compared they, to like uh, bleach or something. Funny story, um, my or Kaya's one cousin uses or she has contact lenses, mm-hmm. and she used a hydrogen peroxide solution to clean them. But like there are a variety of ways to clean your contact lenses. Yep. But with hydrogen peroxide solutions, they always say like you put this in overnight and then leave it for all of overnight. She did not leave it for all of overnight. 
Oh no! Apparently, it was very unpleasant. I bet. I can. I can. One can I can imagine. confirm that it is unpleasant when you prematurely put in hydrogen peroxide cleaned lenses. Can Can you not rinse them to like get rid of that, or would that not help? Well, you just went through all the process yeah. of cleaning them. Why would you just? Chances are, yeah. If you weren't thinking about it, you wouldn't rinse it. You just pull them out and put I them guess. in. Interesting. But yeah, you have to wait that time for the hydrogen peroxide to decompose. Yeah. But that was my next question. So it's not toxic to consume the hydrogen well, peroxide? That's the thi- yeah, because um, it decomposes, right? Especially if it's not under pressure. Yeah. Okay. It just decomposes to water and oxygen, okay. which, you know, is fine. It's right. not posing a fire hazard in the in the concentrations we're talking about. Sure. Interesting. Yeah, so that's... Sorry, that's actually why it's great for people that I didn't think about. That's why it's great, because it purifier it uh, would sterilize everything. Right. right. If you had heavy metals in there, it's not helping that. But right. Sure. Yeah, clean water. It could be available everywhere. Which so, is, so, yeah. So in this case, you'd want to filter the water and purify it with yeah. the peroxide. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Or purify, cool. then filter, or whatever. Either way, yeah. Right. I'm glad we solved that. Yeah. We, we got there. Thank goodness we're here. <laughs> um, before we go, really before we go, I just want to note to people who are using Android and a TD Visa card, you can pay with uh, a TD Visa and your Android phone now through the app. What? And you don't, and you don't need an NFC SIM card. That's the you just need thing. your phone to be NFC. Yeah, yeah. but the, the biggest thing was your provider, like your carrier needed to provide NFC SIM cards for your phone yeah. to be able to use tap and pay systems. But yeah, the TD app has been updated, so you don't even need that. Yeah, pretty cool. exciting stuff. So I'm excited to try that, but I have not tried it yet. I as well. I'll report back if or when I have success doing it. Yes. Oh, man, why am I not with Toronto Dominion? <laughs> I'm sure they'd be happy to sign you up for a sure low, low limit credit would. card. 